G'day and welcome to Property, Australia's favourite obsession. My name is Jeremy Cownan and this is, of course, a podcast where we get to talk about all things property. Now, today I'm here with Examine Properties Director Omar Morjali to talk about the seven reasons to stick with the city. Omar, welcome along. G'day, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, we've got a fair bit to get through, seven reasons, so we won't muck about too much. But number seven, I'd like to kick off and say that urbanisation creates wealth. And the reason that I would say that is because the labour of 100 people will always produce more than 100 times the labour of one. What's your thoughts there, Omar? I agree with you, Jeremy. There is power in uh, in numbers. So, um, And also that money multiplier effect, these people spending money in the economy, generating more money, uh, more income for business, which employs more people, um, and they go out and spend. So that all filters through um, the economy and creates a lot of um, you know, productivity, a lot of uh, economic uh, growth. Absolutely, because, I mean, when people get together and we cooperate and we specialise, then collectively we become more productive, don't we? Um, it's why that, that whole basis of, you know, why your brain surgeon, you know, doesn't do your plumbing or fix your broken mobile phone. I mean, specialisation creates, um, you know, a much more productive workforce. Yeah, that's, that's the case, Jeremy. Much more efficient workforce as well. So, uh, you know... Um, yeah, that's uh, just the way the world's sort of developed um, along the way. And it's why we see, you know, places like uh, Luxembourg and Singapore, et cetera. I mean, you have very, very high um, urbanisation rates in those very productive and wealthy cities. Yeah, very well located uh, property, people being close together, working together, um, you know, and also it's easier for governments to provide um which I'm sure we'll get to, but infrastructure, facilities, um, even easy for private sector to, um, you know, to set up uh, like cafes and, and whatnot. You don't want to open a cafe for one person. You want volume there, volume of business um, to make that uh, business successful and, and prosperous and, and able to pay its bill. So um, there's efficiency in, in numbers. Well, that's a probably really good segue into our sixth reason, which is diversification in that, you know, in a major city, you have lots of choices, don't you? That, as you said, you can't just open a cafe for one, but when you have a major metropolitan area, then you can have many cafes from which to choose from. Yeah, you've got a lot of, lot of options. A lot of cities offer, um, you know, very diverse lifestyles, so... You can go to a country town, you might have, uh, you know, nice green space, you know, you could have horse riding or a few sort of different options. But when you're in the city, um, you've pretty much got access to um, almost everything um, in one in one spot. So um, that's very attractive for people. You're absolutely right because it, it enables people to, uh, you know, to go and do the things that they want to do, whether it's where they want to socialise, um, particular shopping outlets, or whether they want to, you know, be involved in that uh, that eating scene, or or you know, just the choices of going to different beaches or play different sports. I mean, there's a whole lot of choices that comes from living in the city. Yes, even down to entertainment bands. Mm. You know, when uh, international rock stars and and bands come to Australia, they they generally play in the 
in the capital cities. They might go to you know, the Hunter Valley wine district or something like that. You'll get Lionel Richie or, or someone, but they're appealing to that certain demographic um, as well where people will travel up there. But, um, and, you know, generally it's all, all capital, capital city based um, mm. is where the um, action is, where um, it's just the choices, the diversity of, of options for people um, from a leisure eating uh, perspective, you've got different restaurants, different dining precincts. Um, the options are endless. And that comes from the scale. That's just populations there. And um, you start to get the uh, diversion of different options. And with that scale brings in our fifth point, which is, you know, increased and greater infrastructure, because the greater the population or greater the populace, you know, the more infrastructure that will be there, whether it's hospital or education facilities, um, or even just, you know, the ability to to move around, etc, you know, with uh, with uh, uh, international airports and that and the like. Yeah, it's just the, again, you've got the population for government to, to justify that you don't want to build a you know, massive international airport you know, in an area where there's not much population or very few people will be coming in and flying in or even tra- uh, transporting freight and goods. You know, most of that population is in the city. That's where it's generally headed for. But, um, you know, also education, like you, you mentioned, Jeremy, a lot of the, you know, the best universities that offer the widest range of, of courses are located in the, in the capital cities. Um, hospitals, you know, you always hear about, you know, people in regional areas having to come in to do their heart surgery in the, in the city or, you know, they're getting their cancer treatment in the city or they're getting a certain test or certain scan or seeing a certain uh, specialist that operates, um, you know, particularly out of that hospital. So that's where the infrastructure is. Um, or even just sending where, their kids, even just sending their kids to boarding school for uh, education opportunities or coming to, coming to the city for university opportunities. Yeah, university, boarding schools, um, yeah, that's what most of the boarders in boarding schools are from regional areas. You do have obviously people from overseas and, and some parents in the city that uh, got a problematic <laughs> child that they uh, want to ship somewhere else or to a different city. Or um, so the bulk of them are from you know regional areas. Um, you know the um, agricultural belts or come from regional you know, massive um, farm holdings. Um, you know very re- remote. Um, you got a lot of um, uh, indigenous kids that, that come into the sort of boarding schools in the in the city so you know it's that's where the infrastructure is that's where the variety of, of different education um you know a lot of the, the world-renowned universities are generally in the in the capital cities in, in australia as well so it's not just transport infrastructure that's what mainly um, people look at um, but it's also easier for government to place the infrastructure in in those areas number one because it's going to be used but also um, the ability to deliver it is is a lot easier. Um, getting in, you know workers in to to build that infrastructure is a lot easier in in the capital cities as well. So if, you know it's just economical um, for them to do that. And also within that infrastructure discussion, you know you get the infrastructure of the capital city itself, which creates huge employment market and choice within that employment market, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got a sort of diversified workforce you've got different employment opportunities um for, for people of you know all different careers and um walks of life so um yeah it just all feeds off each, each other um jeremy i guess that's what we're trying to uh, get across to people is um you know that's absolutely the options 
the connectivity, are. the connectivity that, uh, and the fact that the, the the sum of the whole is greater than the parts in in a in a city opera, in a city option is is very important. I mean, the, the 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 fourth reason I had is that you know the cities are, are, are they've got greater resilience to shock because they're not reliant on just one industry. When you've got a a town, a regional town that is very reliant on uh, either an agricultural sector or a miner or tourism, etc., that they're very susceptible to um, you know the the shocks within that industry in itself. Yeah, we've seen many cases of that, even sort of recently. So um, think of the Gold Coast with. With COVID and the lockdowns, you haven't got international tourism. You don't, you can't get interstate tourism. Um, you know the the hospitality and tourism industry there really suffered, and the whole um, economy will suffer as, as a result. Luckily, it wasn't wasn't long term, not as permanent as them shutting down a flour mill or an abattoir. And these, you know, everyone has seen on the news these abattoirs shutting down in um, you know in country areas, and the shock because a lot of the the people that aren't working their farms or are not working in a cafe in the you know in the town. A lot of the um, the breadwinners are working in that in that industry, and the biggest one we've seen obviously recently is the the mining slowdown that sort of um, happened in in Australia, um, you know, in the middle of last or uh, last decade, and the impact on um, on the WA property market on on these towns that um, you know had all this population attracted there. Um, you know, think back to the gold boom. You know, you go yeah. to these towns and they tell you there was 50 hotels in this town. And you look, there's only, you know, five buildings still standing and money, one of them's a pub with a couple of rooms and, you know, a couple of empty sort of shops or maybe a little corner shop. But this was a thriving city at one stage. Well, um, well I think uh, it was, I think, Omar, from memory, it was uh, in the 1895 census that Coolgardie in WA was the second largest city um, in Australia, which, and now there's, you know, I don't know how many people live in Coolgardie and a shout out to all our friends in Coolgardie, but you know, there's, there's not a lot of people living in Coolgardie anymore. Certainly it's not the second most popular city in, uh, in Australia. But that's where the economic prosperity was at the time. So these gold Absolutely. towns wanted to make money. People from international came, you know, migrants attracted there, you know, looking to stake their claim and um, get rich and that's where the employment opportunities and also on top of that that's where the pubs were there's providing services and I hate to say it but the oldest tradition in the in the world and you know it just attracts um, other businesses servicing the people that are working in that business and also selling shovels and, and servicing equipment and and whatnot and we saw that on a on a large scale um, during the mining boom um, in Australia and um, yeah just having diversified industries is very important it makes you it's like it's like a blue chip stock it's uh you know if you if it's like a shop that just sells you know if you're just going to sell disposable pens you know like mm. you're, you're at risk that you know people don't want to buy those pens but if you're selling stationery in general you might have you know sales for pens drop off or, you know sales for paper pickup or erasers or you know rulers like you've got other other goods that you're selling and it's the same in terms of the the job market you want different industries so if one does slow down so tourism slowed down obviously for sydney but the economy kept kept going um you know we lost international um, students but you had the financial sector was still going the construction sector so there was jobs in diff different types of industries and it just makes it a lot more shock proof like like you've said jeremy 
Absolutely. So our third our third uh, reason to stick with the capital cities is the transportation network. Now, we sort of touched on this a little bit with regards to infrastructure, and this sort of shows how intertwined all our drivers really are. Um, but when we're talking here about transportation network, you know, we're talking about the ability to get around uh, a city for to access those different opportunities, you know, tram and rail uh, opportunities. We've spoken about airports, but it's important that we think about things like ports as well. Um, and even the ability to, you know, to catch an Uber to, uh, to get to and from a friend's house is, you know, there's much more opportunities for those uh, transportation networks within a city um, as compared to what there is a regional town. Yeah, and it just creates uh, efficiency and uh, the ability for companies to to operate, generate profits, and uh, whatnot. And as an example, you you know you hear about um, these great mining opportunities in Africa, um, but the, the infrastructure is not there. So the mining companies have to go and build this infrastructure because they've got to try and get you know these these mined ore across to the ports and shipped off to China or whatever. But um, so infrastructure just facilitates, um, you know, people's movements, lifestyle, but also for, for business, um, you know, bringing goods, uh, moving them around, moving people around to, to attend meetings and, um, and whatnot, uh, bringing in experts. I need someone to fix this, you know, computer server. It's just, just whatever it is for business, um, transport is, is very, um, very important, not just for people traveling overseas and, and going on tram rides around, around the city, but, um, you know, for businesses to, to do business. Um, it's very important. So we're up to number two, our second reason, um, our second to last reason why we want to stick with the city. And I think this is an important one that, you know, within a city context, you have a much deeper pool of tenants, don't you? Um, you know, there's much more a variety um, of people who need to rent, uh, and consequently, that deeper rental pool, you know, makes it uh, much easier to find a tenant than in a very small country town, um, you know, where you don't have such a deep uh, tenant pool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that ties in um, just with the diversity that you that you get in the in the cities. Um, you do have you know a variety of different people, different levels, different uh, employment, different modes. So, you know, I think it's a, it sort of ties in with the um, economic prosperity if you. You know, you're in a regional town, and again, the you know the flour mill shuts down or the abattoir. You know, and people start to move away from that um, town. Then um, your tenant pool, I guess, is, is taking a big hit um, as well. And um, and also quality. You know, you can be fussy in the in a city. Um, sometimes in these regional areas, you start to drop your standards and probably take on tenants that you normally wouldn't wouldn't have um, at certain times. Obviously, that's just a um, generalization. Yeah, yeah, and but you know there could be tough times where you know things slow down, and then you're starting to drop your standards and probably taking tenants that you that might create you a bit of bit of grief down the track. So um, yeah, deeper deeper pool of tenants is very important. But you can also, you know, I guess on the flip side, you can come unstuck in the city buying certain types of property um, as well. So. Um, in a broad sense, you just have a lot more options with the population in the city. Well, that brings us to our number one reason, which is the final reason as to uh, why we think you should stick to the city. And that is exactly on that point is that you've got a deeper pool of purchaser, like uh, in the tenant pool. 
Um, you know, when you come to have to sell or if, when you want to sell that property, you've got much, m- much greater um, interest from, you know, a much more diverse group of people who will be interested in purchasing the property. Yeah, the, the demand side is very, um, very important. So the more people you have wanting to buy that particular property off you, the more capital growth you're going to get um, over time and, um, and also even short-term um, sort of ability to, to offload that if you, if you need to. Um, so um, the more people that are there, the more people that want it, want to live there, um, have the money to purchase it um, most of the times, um, so that the deeper the pool of purchaser, then the safer it is. And also the more demand you're going to get, which is going to drive up the price of that property asset. Mm, mm, exactly right. Well, that is our seven reasons to stick with the city, Omar. Um, now, if people want to get in contact with you to discuss their property needs, how's the best way for them to get in contact, Omar? Yeah, the best way is just to jump on our website, uh, examine property.com.au um, you can submit an inquiry um, send us an email there's um, our contact details uh, is there as well we're happy to yeah chat with anyone we're not um, yeah and give you some tips it's you don't necessarily have to use our services if it's not right for you or if you want to do it yourself but we're happy to um, provide a level of education to people and and if we can be of more service then we're we're happy to take it on well, if there's one thing I can guarantee absolutely to our listeners is that Omar loves to chat. So uh, feel free to get in contact. I'll put his contact details, of course, in the show notes. To the listeners, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate. Um, if you have enjoyed today's episode, then please tell your friends all about it and don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a rating or review at Property Australia's Favourite Obsession. I've been your host, Jeremy Cownan and Omar. Until next time, let's keep obsessing about property. Any opinions or recommendations expressed should be considered general in nature as they do not consider your personal objectives or financial circumstances. You should therefore consider these matters yourself before deciding whether the advice is appropriate to you and if you should act upon it. Should advice be sought, please seek an appropriately qualified advisor. Investing may not be appropriate for everyone as there is inherent risk and the possibility of loss when investing in financial assets, just as there is the possibility of profits. While useful for identifying patterns, History and past performance do not guarantee future performance. Calvin Flack has a commercial relationship with guests appearing on this production.